Welcome to What is Truth? The radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Now your hosts, doctor and pastor of Grace and Truth Church in Amherst, Michael Caesar, and co-host Johnny D. Want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. And welcome to another Sunday morning edition of the What is Truth radio show. Dr. Michael Caesar right here in our beautiful air-conditioned studios, along with our panel, my partner in truth, John Giuseppe, and our good friend and street preacher who does a lot of witnessing out there in the real world with regular folks, Mark Sassy. Amen. And we have been working our way, if you've been listening the past few weeks, to the a little book called The Acts of the Apostles. After the four Gospels, uh, God wanted to show us how he began to build the one true church of Jesus Christ. There are many things that call themselves churches down mm-hmm. here. Yes. But those that are the church of Jesus Christ is the church of the born-again Christians where two or more are gathered together in the name of Jesus Christ, not in the name of their denomination. Right. And that's where he is. And, and we're seeing how he began building this thing. And we saw in the first few chapters, it he began building it by preaching. People went out and proclaimed the truth so that hearers could write. And a lot of the people they spoke to were religious people. Right. A lot and, of Jews. And they we were hearing, you. they were hearing the truth of the gospel as opposed to the religious instruction at the temple traditions. Yeah. And they were leaving the temple and coming to Jesus Christ. Now the seventh chapter is, I think the longest chapter in the book, it's a 60 verses long. We're not gonna be able to read through all of it, but it's a great chapter Amen. because we saw a few chapters back that what was happening is as the church was beginning to grow and the number of the disciples was multiplying in Jerusalem, uh, there needed to be some daily uh, serving and work at the temple. And they thought, well, have the pastors, the apostles do it. And the apostles said, look, we can't leave the word of God and serve tables. Let's look for some faithful men who are full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom and honest report. And they called a bunch of men and they prayed over these men. And one of them is a man named Stephen, a man full of faith. And uh, we see in the seventh chapter, Stephen now comes back to the temple and begins to preach. And in verse one, the high priest is uh, stunned by these things. And Mark, you might want to take us on a little tour of Acts. Well, so Stephen, like you said, he was uh, a deacon and he, he was, the Bible says in uh, chapter six, verse eight, that he was full of faith and power. He did great wonders and miracles among the people. And while he was out there, uh, different people started disputing with Stephen and, and lying about him even. and lying about yes. him. Yeah. And so they, they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes. They came upon him, they caught him and they brought him. It says verse 12, they brought him to the council uh-huh. and they set up false witnesses against him. Right. And so they bring him to the council. And in Acts chapter seven, it starts out with this chapter. Then said the high priest, are these things? So are these accusations true right. that I've heard about you? Because right. they're serious. Right. Accusations. And you got to point out they did the same thing with Jesus Christ. Right. False witnesses. False, False witnesses. witnesses. They do the same thing. Yep. Yeah. And so if it happens to Christ, it may happen to Christians. That's right. And in this case, he, he starts out, this is Stephen, and he says, men, brethren, and fathers, hearken. So he's addressing the council. 
And he, he reminds them, he says, the glory of God appeared unto our father Abraham. So he starts out with Abraham, yeah. which is like the beginning of the Hebrews, right? And so he mentions God appeared to Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia. And he talks about how he had him come out of that country and go into a land that he was not familiar with. Mm -hmm. And that he would give it to him for a possession. Talks about that in verse 5. But yet he still had to have faith that it would come. It didn't happen immediately. And talks about the covenant of the circumcision that he gave to Abraham in verse 8. And it talks after that about the patriarchs, that they were moved with envy. Now, this is talking about there was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Jacob had 12 sons. And these are the patriarchs of the nation Israel, the 12 yes. tribes of Israel. Bingo. Okay. Yes. And they sold their brother, their own brother, Joseph, into Egypt, into slavery. But God was with him, it says in verse 9. And God also delivered him out of all of his afflictions. And we've seen that in uh, looking through Genesis and some of the other readings that we've done on, on the radio show. Now, with everything that happened with Jacob, uh, it, it says that there was a darth that came over the land of Egypt and Shanan and great affliction in verse 11. And our fathers found no sustenance. But when Jacob, that's the father of the twelve, the father of the patriarchs. When he heard that there was corn in Egypt, he sent out our fathers first. And at the second time, Joseph was made known unto his brethren. That's an interesting story there. Yeah, that's quite go, a story. You know, going back to what happened, you were just mentioning about the 12 patriarchs at the end of verse eight. So these are all Jews. These are brothers, actually Jewish brethren. Yes. All by being sons of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And it says in verse nine, they were moved with envy and they sold their young brother Joseph for money. I think, was it 20 pieces of silver or something? I can't remember what they sold 20 pieces for. of silver. For 20 pieces of silver into Egypt, into a strange, a foreign land. And I'm just thinking about this. In the Old Testament, they talk about types, people that are like pictures of Jesus. And yes. here's Joseph, a Jewish man, running into envy and uh, of, of other Jews and being sold for a, a, a sum of silver. Well, I'm thinking at the time Jesus, mm -hmm. those men that were running the temple were envious yes. that Jesus was coming and wanted to be the priest in the temple, and they sold him for 30 pieces of silver. Yes, and it wasn't even so much the money as it was taking away from their power and their authority. And so these older brothers of Joseph, they're like, how is it that God chose you? What about us? We're older than you. And and I remember when Nicodemus came to Jesus that night. Jesus had just begun his ministry back in John chapter 3. Might have been a couple months into it. And Nicodemus comes that night to talk to him. And he says, you know, we, we, we've all come. You know, we know you're from God. We see your miracles. And, and I'm come to ask a question. We, meaning the council. You couldn't be a member of that council unless you were over 50 years old. Right. And right. Jesus was just 30. So here's a younger Jew, a similar picture going yes, on here. That's yeah. true. Right. And, and so there's envy with Joseph, and it, it correlates with Jesus. There was envy with Jesus. He was healing the sick and casting out devils, and the people were following him yeah, and flocking yeah. to him, right? Just so that they could even just touch the hem of his garment. They wanted to, to get to him. Well, there's a verse that says all the people, you know, all the people will go to him, you know? Yeah, they received they, him gladly. They received him gladly, and, and plainly saying, that this is not about this. This is about us. Yeah. This is about uh, the Romans taking the nation away from us. Yes, that's what they were concerned about. And, and so when 
In the story of Joseph. And you're talking about envy. I just want to get here in Mark chapter 15. Okay. On the day of the trial of Jesus. And then in the morning when Pilate brings him before the people, uh, Pilate said, will I release unto you the king of the Jews? And Pilate knew that the chief priests had delivered Jesus because of envy. That's uh, uh, Mark 15, 10. So the same type of thing going on here. So here here we got in the story. Here's Stephen. He's before the council. And he says, men, brethren, and fathers, hearken, listen to this. He says, look, in the same way that Joseph was rejected by his own brethren the first time, but here you see in verse 13, but the second time Joseph was made known unto his brethren, right? And, And the same thing happened with Jesus. And here's Stephen. He's saying, look, you, you rejected him the first time a couple of years ago, yes. and now I'm, com- I'm bringing him to the second time. Yes. And his hope is they'll get it just like uh, the brethren got Joseph. Because, that's his hope. Because the Lord God is a God of second chances. Amen. And really, that's what you see in this chapter so much so that, you know, uh, the brethren of Joseph had a second chance. Amen. And the brethren of Jesus, now at this time, just after the crucifixion at Calvary when he went to the cross for our sins. Yeah. Now they have a second giving, chance. He's given him a second chance. Yeah. So you're saying the, it's the God of second chances. Absolutely. Amen. And so he was made known. They, uh, they saw who he was. And as the story goes on, talks about how Jacob, verse 15, he went down into Egypt and he died. He and our fathers. And, uh, Verse 17, when the time of the promise drew nigh, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt, meaning the Hebrews. The Hebrews were really multiplying in Egypt. And everything was okay for a while because of Joseph and the reputation of Joseph. But then verse 18, till another king arose, that would be a different Pharaoh, which knew not Joseph. And he, it says, the same dealt subtly with our kindred and evil and treated our fathers so that they cast out their young children to the end that they might not even live. What they were doing was they were killing the young Hebrew male children because they thought that these this the slave tribe here they're they're multiplying too fast. Yeah, that reminds me of a time when there was a king in Israel. I, I think it's uh, Matthew. Is it Matthew two or might be Matthew chapter two? Let me just see the a, a similar picture going on right there. Yeah, um, and the wise men came when Jesus was born. They came to Herod, who was the king. And they said, where is the king of the Jews? And Herod was upset about that. And he began treating the Jewish children and killing the young Jewish children later in the chapter. Yeah. So the same type of thing. Yeah. So it's kind of history sort of repeats itself. Yeah. Two or three times. Sure. And so Stephen is is preaching to them and he's recounting this historical uh, story that they're familiar with. And they, it, they and know it's this. True, it's true history. Yes, it's not rewritten history like we get a lot of today. Right. You know, a lot of history today is revised. This is this is actual true history that they're familiar with. And at this time in history, the temple is still intact. Absolutely, and they still have all the genealogies. They can track down generation after generation, name by name. That's They've right. got all the records, and so. As the story goes, he starts talking in verse 20 about Moses. So now first he, he was reminding them of Joseph. And Abraham and Joseph. These Abraham. are two great names. In the Jewish history. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking back to uh, whatever religion you may be from. Let's say you're Lutheran. Martin Luther's a big name. Yes. Let's say you're Presbyterian. They'll talk about uh, Calvin and Knox. I mean, every religion 
has certain people they look back in the past that are like patriarchs to them. And and that's what he's doing. He's he's reasoning with them from a point that they can understand. Yeah. Something Good. that they can relate to. Good. And that's, you know, that's a great way to reach out to people with the gospel. I mean, Amen. the apostle Paul said, I'll be all things to all men that I might reach some. Yeah. Right. Or save some. And in verse 20, it talks about, it says, in the time that Moses was born and was exceeding fair and nourished up in his father's house three months. And when he was cast out, Pharaoh's daughter took him up and nourished him for her own son. And he was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and in deeds. And when he was a full 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. Uh Now, what happens next is he witnesses uh, someone uh, striking yeah, verse 24. He sees one of his Jewish uh, uh, brethren suffering wrong. Yes. And he, Moses, steps forward to defend him, thinking, look, I was From born. the Egyptian. Yeah, right. I'm yeah. born a Jew. And he avenged the guy that was oppressed, and he smote the Egyptian. Meaning he killed him. And, and he supposed his brethren, the other Jews, would understand how God wants to deliver them by his hand. But they did not understand. Now, that, by the way, that is a truism. God did determine that he was going to use Moses to be a leader one day. But the first time that he comes and presents himself as a leader before his brethren, they don't get him. They, they, don't, they don't understand. Not. Yeah. And the next day he, he showed himself unto them as they strove and he would have set them at one again saying, sirs, ye are brethren. Why do you wrong one to another? But he that did his neighbor wrong thrust him away, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge over us? Wilt thou kill me as thou didst the Egyptian yesterday? Then fled Moses at this saying and was a stranger in the land of Midian. So, and so it was 40 years up until this time. Then he goes out into the land of Midian. He leaves Egypt and he spends another 40 years out there. So by the time Moses comes back to be a deliverer as God intended for him, he's 80 years old at that point. Yeah. And there was a great event that happened in his life in the middle. And and I, I think probably this happened with Jacob. We, about the time he laid down and he saw Jacob's ladder. This happened with Abraham at the time God uh, spoke to him and the word of the Lord came to Abraham and Abraham believed. And for Moses here, End of he saw 30. the burning bush. Yes. yes. And he had a great uh, encounter with the Lord. And and he's now being received the second time. Yes. As the leader the second time. But before any one of these can be received, whether it's Abraham or Joseph or Jacob or Moses, they have to have an experience with God that's real. God can't use you as a leader unless he's had a personal encounter with you. Yes. Right. So we're okay. Good, good. And in this case with the, the burning bush in Exodus chapter three, where you find Moses sees this bush from afar off that it's burning, but it's not consumed. Yeah. And it, it's, uh, it's kind of a, a picture of the nation Israel because the nation Israel is kind of under attack at all times from sure. all different nations and yet never consume because God protects Israel. And so that's a really good picture of the nation. So uh, with Moses, like it says, they understood not that he would be a deliverer. Right. And the same thing for Joseph. If Joseph had not stored up corn because... He did for seven years during the seven years of plenty. And then there was seven years of famine. And all that he did because of a dream that someone had and God revealed to Joseph personally 
this is what the dream meant. So a revelation from God yes. lit Joseph up with understanding and illumination. And he became a deliverer. That's right. And he saved them from starvation. And here, Moses, he's going to save them from slavery. They've been, this was 430 years. It mentions it in Exodus 12. Verse late, 40. Yeah. Yep, late in the chapter. Yep. There's 430 years that uh, Abraham's descendants were slaves in the land of Egypt. Yes, yes. And here comes this deliverer, Moses. <laughs> they didn't understand him as a deliverer the first time, but the second time they did. And so that's another example. So we see Abraham, we see Joseph, and then we see Moses. And then coming further down in the chapter, uh, let me see, he brought them out of Egypt through the Red Sea into the wilderness 40 years at the end of verse 36. And then verse 37 is a good verse. It says, this is that Moses, which said unto the children of Israel, a prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me, him shall ye hear. Who's he speaking of? Now, of course, of course. It, the Lord Jesus. He's speaking of Jesus. This is a quote from Deuteronomy chapter 18. Yes. And um, Moses was given the law by God, all five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, the last one, Deuteronomy, Deutero, second, Nomi, the second giving of the law. Interesting, the second giving of the law. Here's God with the second chance. Amen. And in the second giving of the law, He's explaining that all these people who are looking to Moses, he's telling them there's someone more important than Moses coming in the future. The problem with all of us is, is when we get a particular leader uh, and, and we trust that leader, we want that leader to hang around forever. And, and the story that God's trying to show us is my servants may pass on to come be with me, but I'm always there. Amen. And it's it's I'm that behind you, and and uh, the Lord God will raise up to thee a prophet uh, Moses from the midst of thee of thy brethren, and he's going to be like unto thee, and 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 I will put my words in his mouth, and that prophet will speak all that I command him. And so, these are verses they're very familiar with. They loved Moses. The yes. Pharisees loved. But how many years, Mike, was this before um, Moses to Jesus? From Moses to Jesus, well, he led them out in 1452 BC. 1400, so about 1400 years. 1400 okay. years before Jesus. And they went on for 1400 years looking for the Messiah. Yeah. And he says, search the scriptures. Right? And they, they speak of me. And 1400 years with no printing press, nothing. Just word of mouth, being Jews, going to the and temple. And the scrolls that they scroll, had. And, yeah. the, and, the, and the scrolls. Yeah. And, um, At the end of and, verse 38, it says they had the lively oracles. That's right. And right. then and then when Jesus comes on the scene, what well, we all know, and we'll, we'll continue on with, with what they did, but it's the same. That was only 1,400 years. Now it's 2,000 years. Since the first coming us. of Christ, 2,000 for us. And it's the same thing. When, you, when we approach people about our Lord, all right, they get angry. They get, you, you're seeing the same reaction yeah they're just they're just they belittle they don't believe and i think this happened to jews over 1400 years when well, jesus came 1400 on years for those of us how could a, they not see it no but it's a long time it's yes. a long time i yes. mean i mean if you live 70 years that's a 20 lifetimes right right yeah. i mean that's that's a long time right and it, it would almost seem like maybe god forgot maybe there were just myths maybe it's not real right Possibly. Right. Well, the, it's like all this time went by since Moses. So yeah. 
you're talking 1,450 years and then another 2,000 after Christ, and the Jews are still looking for the Messiah. And, and but, but the point is, is he came 2,000 years ago. Now that we know. Yeah, and Stephen is impressing on them that look at the history, you can see that there was Abraham, there was Joseph. The second time around, you understood, and now you love Joseph. Yeah. And you guys look back in history, and you love Joseph. And then you look back in history, and, and you love Moses. In after fact, the second time, after the first the, time, you all threw him out. Yeah, right. correct. And so even in like John chapter 8, when Jesus and the Pharisees are confronting each other because the religious leaders went against Jesus. Yep. They said, we are of Abraham. Yeah, right. They That's were right. proud of their heritage. Their heritage yes. Yeah. And so in all that, it's, it's the Messiah is the focus of the whole scriptures, whether it's scrolls or Bible or whatever it is in that form of that day. But Christ is the, the focus and so, just like we say, it's all this time went by, 1,400 years, 2,000 years, waiting for the Messiah. Generation after generation after and, generation. And then you don't want to miss it. And you don't want to miss it. And what, what's, what's the big problem? The big problem is, like you've said before on the radio, that you know we go out and we preach the Bible says you must be born again. Mm -hmm. And some people push against that and they say, yeah, I, I know Jesus, I'm a good person. You know, what's this big deal about born again? I, I don't need to hear that. Right. But... It's just like these examples here. You do need to hear it. You do need to understand that it's not you that's going to save yourself. It's the Messiah right. who saves. Right. It's Christ who saves. Right. It's God himself who is the Savior. And I, I think that, yeah. that what we're seeing here, and not to get ahead, but um, Stephen was a Jew. Yes, absolutely. And, all these, and this is all happening in Jerusalem, right? Right, and right near so the temple. These are all yeah. Jews. These Gentiles aren't on the scene right now. These right are on. Jews, Jews after Jews. So there were Jews that believed. There were Jews that knew. There were Jews that studied those oracles. Yes. They did see it. They did, you know, this This is the Messiah. They wouldn't say anything, but the Bible tells us they come by, they come by night. Yeah. They'd be put out of the temple, and they say, no, they did this studying. The Bereans, right? They did this studying, although I don't believe they were Jews. But, but, but the Bereans... But I think what you're seeing now today, right? It's now it's been 2,000 years, and we don't look, and that's that's why there's those of us we're sitting here yeah. at a time of our life. We said, you know what? I'm going to search this out. We searched it out, and we got the book in front of us, so we know we have that confidence. And there's people, folks that are out there that just never done that, and you're seeing and you're seeing the same thing. It's 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 it, it's history repeating itself again well, because they're not using the oracles of God. Again, now on this particular chapter, and let me just make sure I get it correct again. I'm going to go back. Let's see. Um, they brought him to the council. Is, isn't that what it said? They, they yes. came and they brought him to the council. That's chapter yes. 6, verse 12. Yes. He's speaking to the council. So he's speaking to religious people that are familiar with religion and the religions today, I'm going to look at the Christian religions today. On the surface, I would imagine if we were to right now just go to the Yellow Pages and call just about anything in the Yellow Pages under C for Christian, whether it's Anglican, Episcopal, Methodist, Lutheran, et cetera, et cetera. And we were to talk to the pastor and say, hi, I'm so-and-so, I'm looking for good church, and I just want to learn some truth about God. Uh, you you uh, use the Bible there, don't you? They'd probably say yes. Right. And so these are people in these pulpits that have some familiarity with the Bible. The guy on the street might not have any. I didn't have any familiarity right. with the Bible. Not too much. And, and here in this chapter, I think what 
scarily God is showing us is people who are sitting in pulpits, in positions of leadership over churches, just like these men over temple, who supposedly know these Bible stories. This is what they study. They know the Bible studies. They know the patriarchs, but they don't know the Lord of the Bible or the Lord of the patriarchs. Right. right. That's and, what he's trying and to And the show. same thing going now. These sheep yeah. were following it. It was like, again, we talked about a couple of weeks ago. It's like a tennis match. You got it. You got it. There's enough in here to know that these, the Jewish, the, the non-Pharisees, just the people, they're looking, they're looking to the Pharisees. They're looking to right. Jesus, looking to Pharisees, looking to Jesus. Now it's the Pharisees and it's, and it's Stephen. They're going back and forth. They don't know. And they get swayed by their ignorance because they're following leaders sure. that, are, that, are, that are, the blind are leading the blind. Yeah. And you see, this, you see that same thing today. But, you know, people, before you go forward, when, before I was saved and I started reading this, I said, well, Lord, why are you waiting so long? I mean, right. got, you know, I mean, you can just, you can just, come, yeah, yeah. you just come over here. I mean, why, why are you doing this? And, and now those of us that understand the scripture, yeah. this is his mercy. I mean, you got yes. saved in 2003. Yes. I mean, yeah. it's already crossed into the millennium. Yeah. I mean, what the heck is going but on this, here? Right. But this, <laughs> but this, you know, you even think about back and back and you think about the great, the great preachers that, that, you know, that you teach us about sure. and, and whatnot. And you say, well, why are you waiting? And then you realize we all wish the Lord would come right now. Yeah. But all three of us have people in our lives that we sorrow for, that we, they don't understand. This, we understand now that this is grace. He's given everybody an opportunity to get That's on board. It's called, it's called a space for repentance. There you Amen. Go. Yeah. Amen. And, and Amen. everybody has that chance, Amen. but they understand not, like it says in verse 25. There's many people, they can be going to church every Sunday with whatever denomination that, like Pastor just talked about, like the uh -huh. whole alphabet soup of denominations you find in a phone book. With all that, Going to church and going through the motions and, you know, even singing praises and different things to the Lord. Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot yes, see he or enter the kingdom of God. Amen. And that's not being preached a whole lot from American pulpits right. in American no, churches these days. People don't like that. And I'll have to add this very next verse. We just were in verse 37 talking yeah. about Moses and yep. that there's going to be a prophet named Jesus coming. Right. In verse 38, it says, this is he, meaning Moses, this is he that was Actually, I'm not sure who the he is. There. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Jesus. Okay, it's Moses. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel which spake to him in the Mount Sinai with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give unto us, meaning like the Ten Commandments mm -hmm. up on Mount Sinai. Now, if you park there for one second, we were just talking about American churches. Yeah. I've heard it said throughout my lifetime that the beginning of the church came from Rome and it's the Roman Catholic Church, church the Roman Catholic yeah, Church, yeah. yeah, or the Catholic whole, means universal, universal. So they're saying the Roman Universal yes. Church. Yeah. And I've had, you know, I've had many different people, Catholics, tell me, look, there's no church that goes back further. We're the original church. And and what does it say here in verse thirty-eight? The, the Moses had a church in the wilderness. In the wilderness. Mm -hmm. How long ago? Fourteen hundred years ago. Mm -hmm. No, plus two thousand. And and the yeah. church is an assembly. And, and uh, that's what it's called, a called out body, a called out assembly. Uh, they, that's what it means. And and he says it's a church in the wilderness with, with the angel which spake to him. Now, the angel was the angel of the Lord that yes. spoke to him in Mount Sinai. Yes. That gave him the lively oracles. And I think what he's trying to say here is 
a church that's really following God and his Bible is like a church in the wilderness. It's just not a big organized church. It's a small little church. Everyone else thinks of it like a, yeah, some crazy church out in the middle of nowhere. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Amen. Maybe doing something a little different than the main crowd. Yeah, the main denominational churches. And this is the What is Truth radio show. We're studying the uh, book, The Acts of the Apostles. We're in the longest chapter, chapter 7. And what we're seeing here is... God is the God of second chances. Amen. Thank God. He's for the that. God of second chances. And, and what he wants you to do with that second chance is get that second birth. And that's what Stephen is kind of working up toward here. And uh, we're going to be back. we got a little station break coming up. And after some station identification, we'd like you to stick around, grab your Bible, get Acts chapter seven, pick it up around verse 37, 38, and we'll be right back. Amen. What is truth? What is truth? Want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. And welcome back to the second half of our show. We're in Acts chapter 7. We're watching the God of second chances giving us about a 2,000-year history from Abraham to Jesus of second chances for the nation Israel. And what he wants to say is, I want to give all people in all nations a second chance. Amen. Amen. And, and we talked, Mark, this uh, beginning of the show about being born again. That's your second chance. Yes, absolutely. That's your second chance. If you accept that, listener, you don't have to worry about any more chances. You, that's your second, you accepted the second chance, but there's not a third. I, it pains me that... People, they know how to protect themselves. They don't. They don't play with certain. They don't eat certain foods. They don't play with chemicals. Um, they don't go into certain neighborhoods at night. Right, you right. know what I mean? They they know how to do all these things. But when it comes to this, they don't realize the seriousness of. Like I said on the street, Mark, we were talking. Two things are going to happen to you. Two things. I guarantee it. You're going to die. All of us. Yes. Or before you die, the Lord's going to come back. When He comes back. It's over, folks. Right. Yeah, there's there's no second chance. There's no there. second right. chance. I mean, you have to get you know it's a you, limited we, time we, offer. Yeah, it's a limited time offer. And 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 those of you who say, well, when is he coming back? When is he coming back? Be careful what you wish for. Because is your work done? Is your yeah. work done with the people you love? Is the work done in your own soul? Did you take that second chance? And throughout the whole Bible, as Mark was saying, second chance, second chance. At the end of this chapter, somebody's going to get a second chance. Amen. Saul. That's well, right. Well, pretty much everybody out there, anybody listening right now, you know, you may go to church. You may not. You may have uh, been part of a church or not part of a church your whole life. But the point is, whether you've been seeking God or just ignoring God, God's giving you a second chance right now, and he says right by the word of God, which is the word of truth from heaven, he says, ye must be born again. Unless a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, why is that? Like everyone has a birthday. That's your first birth. But you need that second birth, that second chance. And it's not about being reformed or, you know, turning over a new leaf. No, you need a new birth. Called regenerated. Yes. Regenerated. A new birth, yeah. Yes. A spiritual and, one. And you don't hear that in a lot of churches, but that's what the Bible says. That's what Jesus says. And so that new birth, how do you get it? By faith. 
The Bible says that you have to come by faith and you have to believe. And and Stephen, he's talking about in here about how, uh, actually I was reading earlier in Hebrews before we went on air about that they entered not in because of unbelief. Right. Okay. And and, and that's talking the rest of God. They were talking about being, having rest in your soul. And, And so going back to this born again Saying, yeah. receiving the Lord as your Savior because you're a sinner that needs a Savior. When you receive him, then you're entering into his rest. Right. And if if I go to the book of Hebrews yeah. in, in chapter 3 and 4, it talks about that. And what what are you resting from? Like here, I'll, I'll read it. In, in Hebrews uh, chapter 4, he says, verse 3, For we which have believed do enter into rest. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest. Okay. And in verse 10, he's real clear. This is Hebrews 4.10. For he that is entered into his rest, that would be God's rest or Jesus' rest, he also hath ceased from his own works as God did from his on the seventh day of creation. Right. So he says, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. So what is he talking about with this rest? It's a rest from your works. And we mentioned before we went on air, we mentioned that uh, there's this famous song called Stairway to Heaven. Yeah. And what that pictures is it pictures something like back in history with the Tower of Babel, that they were making this tower that may reach unto heaven. And the Stairway to Heaven song that people are familiar with in this generation, it's about being good, doing good, being good, doing good, climbing, climbing, trying to get higher and higher, attaining unto heaven by being good. And down south, they say, hey, I'm a good old boy, right? (laughs) Right. That's what they say because they think they're good. But all you have to do is compare yourself to the Ten Commandments. You'll find out that you're not good. And so God wants you to rent. He wants you to enter into his rest, like it says there in Hebrews chapter four, meaning resting from your works and trusting in the Savior. He did all the work. What did Jesus say when he was on the cross? It is finished. We said exactly. Yep. Amen. Amen. And so back to our story here in in Acts chapter seven, Stephen is talking to them and speaking of Moses, verse 39, he says, to whom our fathers, he says, they would not obey. They would not obey Moses, but they thrust him from them. And in their hearts, they turned back again into Egypt. They wanted to go back. That's kind of crazy, but they did. And then verse 40, they said unto Aaron, which was uh, Moses brother, Brother, right? They said, make us gods to go before us. For as for this Moses, which brought us out of the land of Egypt, we want not what has become of him. Like, we don't know what became of him. He's up on that mountain. And so, verse 41, and they made a calf in those days, a golden calf. And they offered sacrifice unto the idol and rejoiced in the works of their own hands. Now, why was it a calf? Well, a calf is the the baby offspring of an oxen. And an oxen is known to do work. Heavy workloads, right? You have a yoke with two oxen and they pull a plow or whatever in the old days or a heavy cart. And so it's, it's all about works. And it's not about trusting in the Messiah, trusting in the anointed one, trusting in Jesus. It's not about that. It's about trusting in the works of your own hands. Yeah, and not only trusting, under verse 41, rejoicing in yeah. the works of their own hands. Yeah. I mean, look what a good job I did. Look what I did for you, Lord. But going all the way back to Genesis, when we were in our Genesis studies, that was the problem with Cain. 
versus Abel. Yes. I mean, Cain wanted to do the best works he could, and he made a, a beautiful fruit basket of the finest things he could grow. I'm sure he toiled at it. He weeded the garden. He picked the finest fruits. He brought it to God, but God said, I'm not looking for your works. I want you to come by faith like your brother Abel did. Hebrews chapter 11, mm-hmm. by faith. Amen. Abel came and offered to God the way God told him to. So if they're rejoicing in the works of their own hands versus receiving the Savior humbly receiving, who gets the glory there, right? It's like they're rejoicing. They're glorying in their own works. Yeah. And, and what did Isaiah say? The prophet Isaiah said that all your righteousness are as filthy rags yes. before yeah. Yeah. God. Isaiah 64 verse uh, 6, I think it is. Yeah. Yes. And, and why would he say such a thing? Because either you're trying to get the glory and you're trying to save yourself, being saved, or you're giving it all to God. You're coming to him, repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and receiving Christ yes. as your Savior. And really, it happens today. It can happen right now. All you have to do is ask Jesus to save you from your sins. Ask him to come into your heart. It's as simple as that. And Stephen goes on and he says in verse 42, then God turned and gave them up to worship the host of heaven, like the sun, moon, and stars, right? As it is written in the book of the prophets. And and he... Today, he, the host of heaven could be um, saints. I mean, I don't know that anyone goes to a church and they worship stars, you moon. know, like, like the North Star and things like that. But I, I, there was a host of heavenly saints yes. that we used to turn to. We had patron saints. Yes. Yeah. And there's people that look to the moon for holidays, for Ramadan and different okay. things. Sure. So there's, there's the moon involved there. And in verse 43, Stephen says, Yea, ye took up the tabernacle of Moloch, who was a false god in the yep. Old Testament, mm-hmm. and the star of your god Remphan, figures which ye made to worship them, and I will carry you away beyond Babylon. Now, that's a curious thing there in verse 43. He mentions the star of your god Remphan. Yep. Now, they refer that to, as the star of David. But all through the Bible, from cover to cover, you never see a mention of the star of David. No. But they call it that. It's tradition that's been passed down generation after generation. This is the Star of David. They've got it on their flag. Correct. They've got it all over Israel. Correct. It's the Star of David. Actually, the Bible tells you whose star it is. Yes. It's it's the Star of your God, Remphan, who was known in the book of Amos as a Chion, C-H-I-U-N, and, uh, one of the heathen gods. Yes. Yeah. And so it, you have to be careful with that kind of stuff. The Bible is always true, and traditions of men... Fall yeah, by the yeah. wayside. Yeah, the, the Bible is not looking for relics or idols. What it's looking for is faith based on the words that God has given. Amen. Yeah. And and that's why nobody knows where Moses is buried. Yeah, right. Because God wouldn't allow them to make his uh, gravesite a relic. Right. Right. So, and then he goes on in verse 44, and Stephen is still before the council, and he says, Our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness, as he had appointed, speaking unto Moses, that he should make it according to the fashion that he had seen. Which had no star of Remphan in it. Correct. Is what he's saying. There were no stars. There were no idols. There was a simple tent in the wilderness. It looked plain. The church of the wilderness had a simple tent in the wilderness. But the beautiful thing about that tent, you look at it from a distance and it got weathered after a few years. Look at that little worthless thing. But inside it was the glory of God. Amen. And it was a picture of what he does to people. Internally, I mean, internally. we get weathered with time and inside of people with the new birth is the glory of God. And that's the rest when you get God inside of you. Amen. That's what he's trying to show them. Yeah. 
And with that comes peace. It's the peace of God. Amen. Yeah. Verse 46, it says, Who found favor before God and desired to find a tabernacle for the God of Jacob. That's speaking of David. And they look back to David. They love David, right? Sure. But Solomon built him in house, meaning Solomon built the temple. Yep. And howbeit the most high dwelleth not in temples made with hands, as saith the prophets. Now he's getting real close. Yes. Because these guys are in a temple right now. They were at the temple. They didn't want Jesus in their temple, the council standing there in one of those temples. And And, and so Stephen has been very nicely recounting history for them drawing them with examples from the Israel the the Jewish history the Hebrew history absolutely. that look Jesus is the one yes. he's the one right he's the messiah and then here he starts applying pressure like you said and he says verse 49 of God he says heaven is my throne God and says, earth yeah. is my footstool that's right what house will ye build me saith the lord or what is the place of my rest yeah where and, is my rest yeah. good question yeah, nobody knows hath not my hand made all these things and then he starts a new paragraph and and he's finally well, well, well now he's finishing his sermon when we do a sermon you know at the end you have a conclusion and then you have your conclusion and kind of your invitation yeah and his conclusion is very sadly after this long sermon recounting of 2000 year history of the people whom the council came from they're all jews too they're looking back at all these names going i recognize these names i recognize these names and in their own mind i'm just trying to think they're probably going well i'm like abraham i'm like moses once i'm like david there's no difference between me and them but there is a difference. Abraham, when he heard the gospel of the Lord in chapter 22, he gave thanks. Uh, Joseph, when he had the dream from the Lord, he gave thanks. Uh, Moses, when he saw the burning bush and he realized the Lord is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he gave thanks. Every one of Amen. these men along the, the line, they at one point in their life, and it wasn't the first time in their life, it was maybe the second or third time in their life, they got it and they received the Lord. These guys now are getting their second, their third, their fourth chance. And, and what are they doing? And, and he, kind of, he yeah. kind of gives the conclusion here, verse 51. And Stephen says to, to the men of the council, he says, ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did. So do ye. Which... Of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted, and they have slain them which showed before of the coming of the just one. He's talking about Jesus, the Messiah. Of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. Now let's stop right there for one second. They haven't kept the law. That's right. No one's kept the law. You know why? That's what got them. The Bible says there's none good. No, not one. No, not one. Yeah. And, and and not only that, the law uh, is is a schoolmaster to bring you to Christ. Yeah, to find you see, to see it, need. right here. Paul said, "Look, the, wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, to keep the law and follow what it's saying. It'll lead us to the Messiah, that we might be justified by faith. Amen. For you're all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. And they're not willing to do that." 
Well, Galatians explains it real plain when it says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Yes. That's, that's as simple as that. And then verse 54, when they, the council, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. That's interesting. They were cut to the heart. Uh, th that happened um, back in the fifth chapter when Peter was preaching and um, Peter and the other apostles said to them in, in verse 29, we ought to obey God rather than men. You're asking us to do what you want us to do. We're trying to do what God told us to do. Verse 30, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus. Peter had spoken to this council before, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him, Jesus, hath God exalted with his right hand, God's right hand, to be a prince and a savior and to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we, Peter, John, we're his witnesses of these things. As so also is the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. And when they, the council, heard that, they were cut to the heart. In other words, their, their heart, their conscience was cut. It, it still felt what was being, it wasn't so hardened that they couldn't be touched. And, and this is sad for them because their conscience is working enough for them to be like, later on, I'm going to see about Paul in this chapter, well, a couple chapters later, Paul's going to be cut to the heart and he's going to fall down and go, okay, then who art thou, Lord? I am Jesus. Then what will you have me to do? Amen. And that's Paul's response to the cutting of the heart. Amen. But these guys is completely different. The wrong response. Yeah, like with Peter here, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. Okay. And then here in verse uh, 7, here was Stephen, he's pleading with them, and he puts it very bluntly in the end. And if we continue a few more verses, verse 55, after they were cut to, heart, cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth, but he, meaning Stephen, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. It's interesting. He gets that view. A, a view of what's to come for those of us who are believers. Mm -hmm. Amen. Every so often the Bible will give us a view of heaven. Not many, but, but just enough that we can rest and know that heaven is the, the place of our new birth and heaven is the one that's going to eventually bring us up there and we can have our hope, a blessed hope, a sure hope, a certain hope. And Jesus gets the glory because worthy is the lamb. Amen. Yep. Amen. And he said, and behold, I see the heavens opened and the son of man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears. Like they couldn't even, they couldn't like even this, take it. Yeah. You know, covering the two hands yeah, over yeah. the ears. You know, you, you've, See that sometimes in the street. Have you ever noticed oh, that? Yeah, sometimes plenty. people will actually put their hands over their ears. They don't yep. want to hear the mm -hmm. word of God. Do not want to hear it. Yep. And they ran upon him with one accord and they cast him out of the city. So they took him out of the city and they stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. We'll find out later that was Paul, Saul, Paul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, and Stephen says, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then one more thing he says, and he kneeled down and he cried with a loud voice. He says, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Period. That's the end of the chapter. Amen. It doesn't say that he died because a rock hit him in the head. It says he fell asleep because he's... He's born again. He's a believing Christian. And he's the first martyr of the church. 
and he he dies peacefully. Amen. But he, honestly, he's not dead. He's still alive. Exactly. Remember when God said, he's, uh, Jesus said, I, I am not a God of the dead, but a God of the living. Sure, sure. And so Stephen's still alive somewhere. His body died that day. Sure. But it was so peaceful that the Bible describes it as he fell asleep. Jesus said one day when his friend Lazarus died, he told the, the men, well, Lazarus sleepeth, he yeah. said. And, and the Bible tells us in First Thessalonians... If, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. I mean, if you, when you close your eyes, you have your faith in Jesus Christ, you, you're taking a nap, so to speak. Amen. Yeah. I remember talking to someone who had a, a military background. And I said, like, John, you've got a military background. Mm -hmm. I said, don't even guys in the military, I mean, they push on hard. Sometimes they don't get sleep. They just push, push, push. They go, go, go. I've heard stories of guys that get so tired, soldiers, that they'll lay down on a tank and fall asleep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because they're just dog tired, <laughs> oh, right? Yeah. Oh, but yeah. they get R&R &R sometimes, don't they? Yep. Yeah. So even the military has a time for rest. Yes. And no matter how hard you push on, and God has a rest, like we saw in Hebrews chapter 4. And if anybody is interested in God's rest and God's peace, especially in these turbulent times, then consider that. Read Hebrews chapter 4 in the King James Bible and, and consider God's rest. You look, you look at around at society and the world today and, and yesterday, and you see people, I try to explain to them, you see people, you know, we know we're, we're body, soul, and spirit. Yeah. And, yes. you know, and the body's outward. And the soul and the spirit, I believe that from inception, they're, they're trying to say, you got to get right. You got to get right. You got to get right. You know, there's a missing piece over here. Yes. You know what I mean? And I think that's why, and I think outwardly, that's why you see people um, getting themselves in so much trouble. Or even if, even if they look on the outside, they got nice things. The, you know, maybe their relationships are hurting and all. They're just not right. There's a, there's an unrest. Unrest, trouble yeah. on the inside. There's trouble on yep. the inside yeah. In, yeah. In, in some way or- Doesn't matter how much money you, you have. Know, I had somebody say to me the other day, she goes, I, she goes, I don't know, I just attract all these problems. You know, and I, and I believe that. And yeah. I, I believe, it, you, you know, you, the way you react and all. And this rest that we're talking about, the rest in Christ, I says, I says when the soul and the spirit are aligned and are, and are at peace and are quiet, it allows you to, to hear that still small voice within. Yeah. Now, do we have perfect lives? No, you know, and, and plus, you know, again, again, there's a sorrow now. Now we, we understand, we have that rest and we can't understand why others, you know, they're going, they're going, to, they're going to drugs or alcohol, they're going to psychologists or psychiatrists, whatever the heck they One are. One escape after Counseling. another escape. One escape after another. They're trying to understand why they're not, but they're not, they're not aligned inside, and, you know? and Jesus like reaches out his hand and he says, come unto me, yeah. all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You got to give it up. Yeah, you got to give up. But we, we tend to want to do it ourselves. And that's most, your poor, you know, listen to your works do matter after you've taken the Lord as your savior. Then, then those, but they, they don't matter. They're not going to get you into heaven. Right, it is you not have a to ticket give it, to heaven. That's right, you have to give it all to the Lord. The Lord's not going to give you one piece of glory on that. That's a gift. There's no scorecard. There's no report card. Yeah. There's nothing. That, that is a gift. You know, we always, laugh, we always laugh and say, well, how many, um, 
how many good deeds you have to do to get to heaven if, if there was a, a score. I was thinking the other day, how about sins? What if it was the other way around? All right, you're allowed. Sins you're, 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 you're allowed, yeah. allowed 5,000 sins, all right, throughout yeah. your lifetime. After yeah. that, you're done. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's not like that, folks. No. That's, and, and, and that's exactly, I'm making, I'm, I'm tongue in cheek, of course, but that's what you're looking for. You're looking for, I'm a good guy, I'm a good girl, I have some issues, but who doesn't? Hey, I'm okay, you're okay. Throw that psychology crap out the door. Well, the world's been lying to people and telling them that they're good and we're all basically good and all dogs go to heaven, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. They've been hearing that since they were little kids listening to Disney and different things. Uh, you know, even Sesame Street, it's all about you. It's all about you, yeah, right? Yeah. And you're you're such a good little boy and girl. And they take that from being little children all the way through life. Yeah. And they think, well, I have to do good and be good. Right. right. I have to choose the right thing. And, and right. I keep falling short. But, you know, God's merciful. Right. Actually, God came down in the flesh. The Bible says, for great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. And his name is Jesus. You know, and he himself said, you must be born again. Amen. And, and have you ever seen a listener out there, a, a true Christian handle adversity? I mean, we, we get afraid just like everybody else. And, and we, we make mistakes like everybody else. But I remember Julia. Right. Um, may I say, may I say, um, your wife and what she's going through and, and, and the grace and the other words. So you, you suffered Paul in the Bible when they're in, they're in prison, they're singing songs. Yes. Okay. Praises, yeah. You know, they, they, he's a turbulence. He's, he's on shipwreck. He gets bitten by serpents. He gets stoned and don't get me wrong. We're not like, well, la, la, la. we don't want to be stoned. Right. And we don't want to be sick and we don't want to be hungry. But, but there is, there is a way and there's a, piece of, of handling it that, that, that brings us comfort. Sometimes we just have to say, like we've seen in this church a lot lately, it's in the Lord's hands. Sure. It's well, in the Lord's hands. And, and who am I to get in his way? Well, something came up with me earlier this morning about trust and different cultures look at trust different ways. So older cultures like Middle Eastern cultures, trust is a big deal. Yes. If they trust you, then every, anything goes. But if they don't trust you, look out. Yeah. And so maybe people understand that with trust and, and with that whole thing, people need to realize that, uh, like we've been talking this whole show, it, it's, it's either your works or it's God's works. And so you don't want to trust in yourself because you always fail. We fail, right. but God doesn't fail. Right. And, and so he is the one who is worthy. He is the one who is worthy to be trusted, worthy to be praised and worthy to get all the glory. Yeah. And when you, when you receive Christ and say, hey, it's almost like, you know, when people go to an AA meeting and they have to go to the first meeting and say, hello, my name is whatever, you know, and, I, and I'm an alcoholic. You're admitting and you're humbling yourself. Right. In the same way, coming to God right. and getting right with God. Hey, right. Lord, uh, I am a sinner and I realize it and I can't make it right. right. But would you save me? I, you know, I, I tell sometimes when I'm talking to, you know, we have this, like, like Jesus spoke in parables, mm -hmm. you know, I, I just say to him, look, he comes back. How does he know? He wants to know who's his and who's not. And he made it black and white. He really did. Two and two is four. One and one is two. Three and three is six. Ye must be born again. Yeah. That's it. He made it black and white because, because Paul tells us when we, when we accept the Lord Jesus Christ as our savior, truly in our hearts, our soul is sealed in earnest. Yeah. Now I'm sure in God's eyes, that's a visual. 
I'm sure in God's eyes, that's a visual that he could look down on his people Absolutely. and know which ones are mine. Yes. Absolutely. Right? The Lord knoweth them that are his. Folks, he has to know. Don't go through this world thinking, being a good person. Maybe you are. Maybe you, you are heaven worthy with your works. Maybe you are. But if you're not, he does not know. Well, the he re- needs to know. The reason why even the best person, if we found the very, very best person in Western New York right. or down in Florida or whatever, whoever's listening, you still have sin. And exactly. the Bible says that sin makes a dark spot on your soul. And, and there's only one thing. It's not your goodness that can take away those dark spots. The Bible says that the blood of Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ cleanses us from all Amen. sin. It's only that blood that was shed on Calvary's cross Amen. that can take away sin. And you mentioned about a Christian in jail or a Christian being persecuted. How can they have such rest and peace that they would sing songs in jail? right? You would think they'd be miserable, they'd be grumpy, whatever. But there's a verse in 1 John that it talks about the promise of God, and that promise is eternal life. And he puts it this way. He says, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that you have everlasting life. Amen. And so consider a born-again Christian who's sitting in a jail cell. He knows that he knows that he knows that he submitted himself to God. He received Christ and he knows that he's going to heaven because God said so. That's right. And God can't break his word. Yeah. Right. And, and as Stephen was winding it up here, if you are stiff necked and you resist the Holy Ghost, you can't know these things. But if you're willing to let these words come upon you, you can be like Stephen was full of the Holy Ghost you can see the glory of God. You can, in your mind's eye of faith, see Jesus standing on the right hand of God and know the heavens are open and he's waiting for you. And it all comes courtesy of the God of second chances and the second and the new birth all due to the glorious Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to the show. Next week, we're going to move on, uh, continuing the building of the church and see how God is now going to reach out to Gentiles because it looks like the Jews have said we're not interested anymore and God's going to move on and and until we meet next week what we'd like you to do is do like Jesus said search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth amen, amen. you've been listening to what is truth the radio show devoted to asking the question what is truth listen every weekend at this time for what is truth only on WECK 